0: Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. So happy you could drop by and check out this episode. By the way, the episode you're about to listen to is brought to you by... Alrighty, that's over and done with. Now, my guest today is Josh Flowers. He's actually been on the podcast previously. This time, though, he's going solo. The first appearance was with his girlfriend, Tiffany Richards, and they were promoting Mouse Tracks, which is their YouTube channel and podcast dedicated to all things Disney, specifically Disney World here in Orlando, Florida. This time I wanted to get Josh on and really kind of dive a little deeper into him. And, uh, you know, I wanted to kind of find out uh, what put the pieces of the puzzle together that formed Josh Flowers today. And I wanted to try to avoid Disney talk as much as possible. Now, that's the key word, try, because it's inevitable and it's totally fine. We do eventually bring it around to uh, Disney and theme parks and some more universal talk uh there's a lot of universal talk in this episode so if you love theme parks if you love any of that kind of stuff um this is the episode for you but of course if you don't love that stuff definitely keep listening because maybe we'll turn you on to it uh it's it's just a real fun one i love josh and um anytime him and i can get together and and uh and shoot the shit and 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 make a podcast i'm always down because uh he's really become one of my uh, closest friends of uh of late so um i think we actually talk about that a little bit as well so i'm done rambling get ready get set it is josh flowers And Mr. Josh Flowers, welcome back. What is up, you guys, to the podcast,
1: dude? I love that intro.
0: You can actually pull this thing a little closer to you. Let's just pull that. it a little closer. Let's get this guy because okay. you kind of want it. Like, see where it is for me. It's like right. Okay. There you there go. There you go. There you go. And I can actually turn you up just a little louder. Check mind? check check check. Oh yeah. Check check. Cool. Okay. Um. So okay. So last time you were on, you were here promoting uh, mouse tracks. Yep. Uh, you and basically uh, yeah you and your girlfriend yeah uh, tiffany um this time i kind of wanted to i mean we can we can go into the disney talk we can do all that but i kind of wanted to get to know more about just you you know what i mean 101 like disney aside yeah yeah. kind of like what makes josh tick besides disney which i know that's a bold statement
1: yeah Uh, (laughs) it's a lot of pieces to the puzzle i guess yeah um have you ever told anybody, anyone about your equipment setup? Because this, I this, haven't. This is the way to go. Honestly, <laughs> it's
0: pretty. Uh, it's pretty portable. If it, it all fits in this thing here, come right. uh, from B and H. They're a good uh, uh, podcast audio video company in New York, and uh, they they actually had the, this whole kit you could buy for like eleven hundred dollars. So I bit the
1: nail, and just this whole thing doing it with you is like an experience. Honestly. Yeah. Especially in the, the, the headphones. Isn't that weird? This is a nice touch.
0: It's so strange because remember last time we did it, we didn't have headphones. Right. So you just, just, just kind of
1: naturally, just kinda, but now it's like, I feel like we're in a studio. Yeah. Yeah. This is sick.
0: Hold on. Just because it's such a weird thing. Like you want to kind of keep it right here. So do you want to kind of pull it? So it's more like this way. There you go. Word. Cause I know like it, like you want to kind of yeah, see yeah. that. Like you want to keep it right here. Dead on. All right. So tell me, tell me, uh, what is something that kind of defined you as a as a kid growing up besides disney um
1: if you had to pick and choose competitiveness honestly so like before disney and or just aside from disney and all that i was i was always into sports or something first sport was soccer but i was always that aggressive guy on the field okay always, always in it to win it even even like like i started playing soccer like u6 but i would play like like a 16 year old. Like I was always in it to win it, hard of a champion like I was telling you earlier. And I've always strided strided? Is that a word? S- strived, strived. There strived. we go. Strived <laughs> to be the best. Um it was cool for me like growing up like in elementary school and middle school, I wanted to be the fastest runner. That was like my first like thing. Like I had to be the fastest runner. Um I remember I still remember my my fastest mile that I ever ran was like six minutes, four seconds or something like that. Okay, And that was like my first like thing. Like I run. I want to get back into running, but that was like the first thing. Um, High school, I played soccer for Seabreeze and I was the first freshman of like our squad that went in because I played club and we all went to Seabreeze together. There was like probably like eight or ten of us that played on the same club team and then we were all the same age group. So we all tried out for basically JV for the tryouts, and I was the first freshman I got pulled up to varsity. And that was like a big – made my head huge because, like, we were all basically on the same level, but me just getting pulled up above all my friends, it was like, ha, ha, ha." Huh. Rocking. Aside from soccer, I made new friends, and they were all on the drum line. And I never – play drums like that like my uncle got me into drumming like a drum set wise uh-huh. but they were all on the drum line with like snares tenors and bass drums and stuff like that and i thought that was cool so i made my way into band because i actually took trumpet lessons uh when i was like 12 13 and i remembered how to read music and this and that and i went in front of the band director and i told him i just wanted to get into the band and he said well the drum line's full so i auditioned for trumpet and I basically paid my dues for about six to eight months and I played trumpet for a Seabreeze, but then I kept, kept getting in his ear. Like I want to be on the drum line. I want to be on the drum line. And I finally got my shot basically from watching. Like I would be in my little trumpet section. However, I would always turn around because of the drum lines in the back. And anytime they played something, I would watch and my thing with music is like, I can play by ear as long as I can see what's going on. I can, basically transcribe it later so my mom helped me out she went on ebay and she actually bought me the drums i wanted to play they're called tenors and you have one well one to five or one to six drums all different sounding drums and i would just watch 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 and then go home and try to figure it out on my own because i didn't have the music or anything like that and eventually i got my shot to try out and i already knew like the basics they're called like cadences like things you would play like like, if the football team's going out or, like, pep rally stuff or if we're, like, marching through the hallways and stuff like that. And that was, like, my niche to get in there. And that that was the beginning of, like, I always say that's what kept me in high school. Like, the drumline was, like, a kind of like a fraternity type thing for me. Okay. But it was always about being competitive. And even it went further once I got onto the drumline because, like, It's it's practice, 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 like the rudiments and like the techniques and everything like that. Like, so you have like where we're from, you have Seabreeze, right, and then you have Mainland, and everybody kind of knows Seabreeze is more of a white school, quote unquote, and Mainland's more of a, I don't want to say black, but (laughs) let's just say urban type of school. So like, we'll go with it. Seabreeze would play a more military style. That's the way to put it. And Mainland was all about crowd pleasing kind of dancing with the drums and playing songs like Beyonce or anything that was big at the time, like hip hop. Okay. Meanwhile, Seabreeze is more military, more competitive. There's a thing called, um, like there's big brands like Vic Firth and stuff like that. And those take it to like the next level. There's like a competitive drum line thing. You can get all kinds of into, and there's kind of like a pro- you can call it professional, but you're not making any money. Um, it's called DCI. Okay. And DCI. Yeah, it's kind of like an international drum corps kind of competition, kind of thing. And that that's like, it's like if you're playing like college football and you want to get into the NFL, that's like the next step up. Okay. So, except you're not paid or anything like that. Damn. Yeah. And you you did all this. Um, I got as far as marching and to high school and then we would go to, it was kind of like a division two type core that we all tried out for. And that opened our eyes up to like, wow, there's even more you can learn. Like when I say like rudiments, like it's kind of like the skeleton of like how it all goes together. Cause if you watch someone play drum set, you're kind of thinking like, wow, how do they do this and that at the same time? And it's all broken down by rudiments. It's actually one thing you're doing, but it's on separate drums, if that makes any sense. Okay. Yeah,
0: kinda. I'm basing this all off of
1: Drumline. Yeah, off of uh, that's the, like the perfect example, the canon movie. So like Drumline, like that movie, <laughs> yeah. and everything you see in that, that's mainland. Okay. Whereas like Seabreeze is it's the complete opposite. If if you saw us dance, it would be for like five to ten seconds, and everyone would be like, "Oh my god, they can do it too!" But that wasn't how we like based our thing. Okay. Yeah,
0: for some reason, like that movie, Drumline is is uh something about that movie just has always stuck with me. Like I don't remember much about the story, but just, just, the uh, the intenseness of it all. And it was a good movie. Honestly. You know what and, I mean? it,
1: and it's time. I like
0: think it, it wanted, like it made me want to get into it sort of like jump in that Corbin blue movie made me I, like, I actually learned how to double Dutch okay. after seeing jump in, <laughs> like
1: that was something that was on my to-do list. And like the visual learning, like we were all fans of that movie. Um, it was only out for about like two or three years when I was officially on the drum line at Seabreeze. And like, we could all watch that movie and basically figure out what they were playing. Once you become familiar enough with like the sounds of a rudiment, you can kind of transcribe it for yourself. And we wrote out a lot of stuff that we just heard. We had one cadence that we could never find music for, cause you can find mostly any, anything on the internet. And we were able to find a lot of it, but there was one cadence in particular that we couldn't find. And we all just sat down and wrote it one day and we, we figured it out. And that was actually, you remember LimeWire?
0: Oh, like the music sharing? Yeah. Yep. That was <laughs> where we
1: found it. Damn. I'm going to show it to you later. Good old LimeWire. Right. But that was cool because when I left the soccer team, I kind of left on like bad terms because of just this and that. There was like this golden rule where if you missed practice, then you wouldn't start. And I was always a starter. So I started doing both. I was doing soccer and drumline. And then my coach told me, word for word, he was like, if you want to keep going and playing the flute and this and that, he's like, I'm not going to start you. And it was like, what? Because we had this Thursday night rehearsal that would last from 4 p.m. to 9. Like we were, we were in it to win it. So I missed, I missed a couple practices, whatever. And then uh, the season rolls around and there's, there's this kid. He was a kicker for the football team. He hasn't been to a practice all year because football season kind of stretched into soccer season. And then he, he starts this kid in front of me. And I literally, I remember sitting on the bench, just kind of having a little moment of reflection. I took off my Jersey. I took my other Jersey out of my bag. We had a a home Jersey and a away Jersey. And I put them both on the bench. Like I laid it over the bench, had my number on there. My number was always nine and I just walked off the field, got in my car. And that was it. I drove away. And I remember I was getting calls the next day, like what's going on, what's going on. I, I told everyone I'm done. That's it. And I replaced soccer with drumline, And it was pretty much the best decision I ever did. Um, I made some of the best friends I'll ever have. None of us are like a few of us are still in touch, but we all we're all scattered all over the place. Mm-hmm. But the, the amount of practice and connection you have to make with one another to make this all work. Cause it's all about unison and the military style. I was saying like, it's a good experience. Everyone should, you should not necessarily be in marching band, but you should definitely try music at some point in your life. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah.
0: Now, these friends you're talking about, do you keep in touch with them?
1: A few. couple of them? Yeah. Okay. Because a few of us were friends. Actually, one of, one of us, we were on the soccer team together, and he was always, always in my ear about drumline. And then one of my closest friends, she was on the drumline with me, and we actually, we've known each other since like sixth grade. So we're, we're still in touch. And then like a couple of us are on like Facebook and this and that, but like, you don't like hang out and all that anymore. Yeah. It's
0: weird because, um, like the perfect example is this podcast. I've had so many people on like, dude, even you, man, like yep. seriously. And for everyone listening, I created uh so after Josh and Tiffany came on for the first episode, um, we, I don't know, like just something happened like this, like, uh, like, Like, yeah, like all of a sudden I was like, okay, I really enjoyed having that experience and I really enjoyed the time that I spent with them. So I went home and I created this, this, this like little group that the three of us are in. And I, like I nicknamed it all because of a podcast and it's the truth. It's like, but prior to the podcast, you and I were, you know, like we'd message on Facebook, we would, but it was like really this disconnect and doing the podcast, which has brought so many people back into my life, whether it was, um, uh, Simone Nicole, who I knew 10 years ago when I was doing theater and I hadn't seen her for 10 years. And then all of a sudden she's on the podcast like this right across from me. And, and we're talking for like three hours and it's this weird thing of, you know, you should try to like, I would really advise people to try to keep people in your life from your middle school high school days like you know really think about it and 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 try to decipher did they make an impact in my life because don't let that go you know like i think it's i I think it's really important to keep certain people in your life obviously you're not going to keep everyone but
1: yeah i mean you learn a lot from who you hang with like one of my philosophies is kind of like you are who you hang with kind of thing but like human nature is like you constantly grow and evolve and your wants and needs change. And even, even your wants and needs in a social life can change mm-hmm. and you start seeing, I don't know, maybe different qualities in the people you hang with. And maybe there's like this separation. And like, like we talked about on the last podcast, I couldn't get any of these people to go to Disney with me. Yeah. Simple request. Yeah. Let's all go to a theme park. And I was the only one. Everyone's like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't know about that. But like, I, I still remember when me and you first met at work and then we, we add each other on Facebook and this and that. And then like, I'm looking through your albums and you had all your favorite movie posters in one album. I was like, look at this guy. And like, I ended up liking like yeah. I don't know, 20 <laughs> or 30 of them. Cause I was like, this is brilliant. Cause I've always loved film. Never really touched on like a film loving mutual thing with somebody. I was like, this is great. Look at, look at, Oh, look at this. Look oh, at this, he's got guy. this in here. Oh, he's <laughs> got this in here. Oh my God. But that was, I think that was like our first common ground. And then I remember when you still had bigger boat going. Yep. I was watching those the the Hollywood Studios vlog and the Universal vlog. I was like, this we got a we got a lot in common going on right now, but we just never had that opportunity, I guess, to sit down and hammer it out together.
0: Yeah, because it was always just I would go to work, we would do the thing, and then it's I don't know. It's so it's so strange because I'm so guilty of it of just kind of like wanting more from a person. So yep. like for you, like I probably said to myself millions of times dude like just hang out with the guy outside of work right and it never happened and i and, and, and i never followed through on it and i don't know i've reached this point in my life where i'm just like just try like if the podcast that we had initially did if that was a like a failure you know in terms of like it was maybe an hour tops and then we were all just sitting around awkwardly and so that that would be my that would be
1: you would know. I would know. Okay. You never know unless There's you go for there. it. Yeah. Not like I was a big date for you or anything, but like, <laughs> it's like it's like comparable to like if you don't if you don't ask that girl out, then you'll you'll never know. Exactly. Same thing with Tiffany. If we never went on our first date, never, none of it would be happening. Yeah. Maybe me and maybe all this wouldn't even happen. That's like.
0: Do you ever? Yeah. Like, do you ever find yourself thinking what what would? Is there a certain event in your life that happened that you think kind of really caused this domino effect of this led to this, like where you can trace it back?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to put my finger on it to explain it. It, it literally all goes back to the drum line. I gained a real sense of self-confidence. It was like the first time I literally, I eyeballed something. I was like, I want to do that. And I did whatever it took And I did that. There's there's pictures of me one year prior, and I'm holding a trumpet. The next year, I'm standing there in the back holding the drums that I said I would play, and I'm I'm doing it. I still have pictures of me on Facebook. They're kind of fuzzy because they're like they're pictures of pictures, you know. I used my phone to take a picture of a picture back then on like my iPhone three or three G or whatever it was called, and that that was like one of the first times like I looked back and I was like I did it. I, I did it all by myself. Yeah. Like it's,
0: I'm trying to think of what mine would be like, like something that really, for me, I'm someone that's kind of shaped by the relationships that I've been in. So like, I'm talking about like, like actual relationships, like, cause I'm such a simple person. Like I don't need a lot in life. I just need a partner next to me, you know, kind of doing the same thing in life. We have mutual interests. And as long as we're on that same path and we, uh, you know, kind of agree on most things. We don't have to agree on everything. I'm set. Like, I could have, like, a shit job, and and and, and shit could just be not going my way, but as long as I have that one person. So I kind of always, like, if someone were to ask me that, like, is there something that really kind of shaped you? Like, I always feel like I would pinpoint the relationships that I've been in because yeah. they always do. Like, my first real serious relationship right out of high school lasted four years, and still to this day, I... I have nothing but because it pretty much ended because of me. Yeah. Like it was really a lot to do with me.
1: At least you can admit it. That's exactly.
0: That's one of the big things. And I just always look back on that. And I'm still trying to reach out to her. And she, like, she wants nothing to do with me. And Eh. on one hand, it sucks. Yeah. On the other hand, it's like, I guess I get it. Yeah. But it just
1: at least you have some kind of closure and it's not like, yeah, maybe, you know what I mean? And you, and at least you can admit and man up whatever it is that happened. We're not going to get into all that, but yeah, from like viewing you though, like I, I told you this kind of privately, like you started the podcast.
0: Okay. So you're talking about this, the the most recent serious relationship. Right. Okay, go ahead.
1: I, like you started, I saw you launch this thing and I was like, there he is. I was like, that's Eddie G right there. Cause you were always out, outspoken about film and this and that, all your, all your passions that you're really knowledgeable about and things you believe in. And I saw this this uproar, and I was like, he's doing it. And you started your Facebook page and mm-hmm. every everything. And it started with The Terminator yep. and all that. Because I remember we, we even had a shared interest in The Terminator before last year, whatever they were trying to do with that. And I still haven't watched the latest one just because of your opinion, honestly.
0: Oh, okay. You're talking about the movie. Uh-huh. Okay.
1: And then, then I saw you. I saw it kind of trickle away a little bit. It, it got a little silent from yeah. Eddie G. Uh-huh. And then, then I saw this huge tsunami come back forth and it was like, you were full force. I was like, there he is. And did you know anything of, I knew subconsciously, <laughs> I, I just knew it honestly. Cause I, it's like, I saw the patterns. It was like, well, up until this time period, he was going strong. And then fast forward to, after the time period, it was like, there he is. He's back. He's reborn. He found it. He found the light. So
0: okay, so perfect. Okay, that's a great example because, so think about that, everyone listening. Like I started this thing that I was really passionate about, and then um, this this girl came into my life, kind of got my you know, full interest, and then slowly but surely, the podcast and the and the and the passion that I was pursuing kind of fell to the wayside because she wasn't interested in it. She would always tell me that, like anytime I would be like all right, I wanna go do this real quick. I have to interview somebody. That's such a damper. It would always be like, why? Like, don't you wanna spend time with me? And and look, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that it's I, we weren't seeing eye to eye on that. And then of course it ended. And then like you said, the tsunami, all of a sudden I'm back in it. Full force. What's crazy is the complete opposite happened with you because when I started working where we both worked, I don't think you were with Tiffany, right? Nope. Okay. And not that you weren't like somebody that was cool, but I don't know. Like, I feel like after you guys met, there was again, the tsunami that just came over, but you guys share the same mutual interests for the most part. And so that's just weird that it's, and it's cool. Like in a real sense that I had this path of someone come into my life and almost basically kill my passions, right? right? Cancer, you cancer me. like, I was going to give them up because I wanted obviously to be with her And then you have someone come into your life and completely change you in a one hundred percent positive way.
1: Just completely uplifted my spirit, honestly. I'd say from the day, not maybe not the day, but when you met me, I was going through this transitional period of like all those old friends I'm telling you about. There was this big separational period. And it was kind of like, Okay, no new friends. Like that's it. I'm just gonna do me. I'm gonna do whatever. And like then my goals changed. I was like, I wanna get a new car. And I was just set on getting my new car. So then I got my new car and I have nowhere to go. So I would just go by myself. Like I was that guy. I would go all over, I want to say like Central Florida when I got my car. There were days I went to, uh, I actually went to Universal by myself. I think the last time I went there on a whim, I went to the outlets to go shopping. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the Hard Rock and have lunch because there's no one here to stop me. So I went to Hard Rock. Had a couple drinks, uh-huh. and then I walk outside. Um, went up to this little stand that's like right before the bridge. You go into um, Islands of Adventure. Got a margarita, which is unlike me. I was just like living in the moment. Then I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm looking left, and I see the Hulk. Then I look right, I see Rip Ride Rocket. <laughs> I look left at the Hulk, right at the Rip Ride Rocket. I'm like, I'm going. And I walked up to the gate. I think it was like 160 bucks, and I got a one-day no two-park ticket. Jesus Christ. Like, that's
0: almost what it costs for just an annual pass. Right. <laughs> I was like, I'm
1: doing it. And I, I went on like everything I could. That was the only time I've been on the Harry Potter train to take you to the other park. I had to wait like an hour just to get on the train. But like I did it. I walked around, did all that by myself. And that was uh, actually, I think that was before the first time I ever went to Disney. Maybe that's what gave me the, the courage to go. But
0: like when you say go to Disney, like, like, like in solo. your, in your adult years, kind yeah, of solo. Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. But it's crazy. Cause like, even, even like, even Tiffany, like right now as we're recording this, she's in the other room, completely content, not sitting there stomping her foot on the ground. Like, Oh, why aren't you doing this and that? It's, it was literally like, like you message us like, Hey podcast. She was like,
0: uh, uh I'll opt out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm out this time,
1: but I I love doing this with you. This is like the future of conversating it
0: yeah dude i think uh I, i've said it before i think this kind of thing is going to be like i would not be surprised if there's a future maybe not in our lifetime but there's a future where you don't talk at all you just kind of and, and you just heard me <laughs> and you can hear each you other's just thoughts. heard me yeah so everyone is just kind of in a room and it's completely silent
1: i have this vision i think we'll see it in our lifetime i'm telling you you're going to use your thumbprint to, like, pay for things. You're going to go to your bank, and you're going to, like, register your fingerprint.
0: Well, you kind of already do that, right, with uh, Samsung Pay or exactly. Apple Pay? Exactly. Because I can use my phone, put my thumb on it, and I can hold that up to my ATM, and, and there you go. it reads my card.
1: And same thing with Apple Pay. You yeah. just touch your ID, boom, boom. Yep. And I think one day, all these, like, uh, Verifone machines and everything else are going to have a little a little option there, just kind of like how you go into the gates at Disney. and You just put your thumb down, boom,
0: paid. <laughs> Does that thing actually, you would probably know this better than I do. Like, does that thing actually, is that actually real?
1: So, What is the point of that? I want to say yes, strictly because there was a day, and this was a long time ago. This is probably like, I want to say like 2007 or 8. There was a small group of us that actually went, and one of my friends didn't have a ticket. So we were like, let's just see. So we handed off my annual pass to him and the thumbprint didn't work, and they wouldn't let him in. And then we were just casually like, oh, bro, that's that's my ticket. Oops, whoopsies, we forgot his ticket in the car. And then we just went to the gates and actually bought him a ticket. Huh. But in that particular instinct, like, it didn't work. So I want to say it works. Um, I also recently, this was probably like six or eight months ago, something happened to my finger, and you can kind of see like an indent right there. Okay. Um, I see it. I was getting out of the car for work. And I, for some subconscious reason, I was, I was getting our change order out. It's like a big potato sack full of change Mm -hmm. and I put it on the ground. And for some reason I had this finger and this finger alone in the door hinge and I closed my car door while I was picking up the change. And then right before I remembered like my, it didn't even close. It literally bounced right off of my finger inside the door frame And I was outside screaming. Like, it was excruciating. I had tears. I wasn't crying, but it brought tears to my eyes like I was dying. So this actually ended up swelling and turning into this huge blister and this and that. Like, my finger was, like, stuck like this, like, all curved. So we went to Disney, uh, like, one of the weekends after that. And I'm at the gate, and this this was my finger that I would use. And I had a Band-Aid on, and it was taped. I was like, oh, crap, I didn't even think of this. So I'm like... I'm taking off the band-aid and just because of the scarring on there like it wouldn't it wouldn't scan so i had no to, shit. i had to change my finger now it's my thumb i have to use my thumb to go in so i think it works
0: holy shit right yeah because i did see like a like a it's like a
1: line right yeah it's like a it's like a faint line it's almost like a dimple but it kind of screwed up your my fingerprint your fingerprint because it's definitely wow. missing it's missing a little bit there jesus it sucked oh my god dude by
0: the way, I'm not blowing your ears out, am I?
1: No. Because you're, this you're is up like, a
0: little louder than me. No. Okay, it's good?
1: Perfect sound. Shout
0: All out right. to Road. Yeah, dude, shout out to Road and shout out to, um, it's this company called Apex. Uh They do um, like that noise gate I was telling you about yeah, yeah. earlier, where if we didn't have that on, you'd be able probably to hear the highway behind me Seriously. right now. Seriously. Because we're literally, what? How far away from the highway?
1: Shoot, a mile, May- <laughs> maybe, honestly.
0: Yeah, so that noise gate really gets rid of it. Uh, the de-esser is on, so it kind of makes s- a little more bearable to the
1: to the to the ear. And
0: like this whole thing with the headphones, I feel
1: like this is like Joe Rogan experience right now.
0: Close, close. Like the one other thing that uh, that uh, obviously I would need to be that he uh, you can kind of hear like if I'm talking right, ba ba you hear a little bit of an echo. Okay, and that's fine. You need a soundproof. Oh yeah, you like need some the padding soundproof. Or, or something like that. That is the wor- That that makes such a world of difference when you're listening. And it's not like this is bad. Like hopefully you guys are able to listen to this and and uh, and enjoy it. But we are surrounded by tile and and whatnot.
1: Like if pretty, there was a lot of rugs around here, pretty open space right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, we, uh, we got the couches. At least that's absorbing yeah, something. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's it's so strange when you start doing this stuff because I never even realized that that if. I mean, it just makes sense. If you have more shit on the walls, like if you had bookcases over there, like if you had a bookcase behind me, that shit picks up, like it keeps stuff from bouncing. Grabs the sound. It's so weird. And I only noticed that after I got into the podcasting stuff, like, and listening to other podcasts, I'm just, I'm always listening like, okay, yep, they're not, they're they're technically not in a studio. Like, like we're not in a
1: studio. Right. That's like me watching other vloggers, like Tam and them, like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, sound on this and then they eventually like show you the equipment they're using and it's like oh cuz then i play back my vlog and you can hear like the wind like yeah and it's like oh okay but i still need to get i'm probably going to get that road microphone that i showed you oh okay attach, nice attach it, yeah yep attached to my phone
0: yep yeah man that's uh yeah dude road is really good uh rogan uses it's it's called Sure s h u r e those are like legendary microphones uh fun fact so i'm using uh it's called the pod mic one of these costs a hundred dollars. One microphone that Rogan uses, that you see in his podcast, costs four hundred dollars. Okay, so I could buy four of these, right, for the price of one of his. So I mean, it's sh- like it's it's comparable. There's like been a few comparisons. I watch a few videos of people comparing this to the share. Yep, and they're pretty comparable in terms of quality. Do you, but, you ever
1: think about doing video while you do this somehow?
0: Somehow, I got to figure. I mean, that's another. You know, because you probably want to get at least two cameras.
1: Well, there's like there's two ways to do it. I see it like you can actually kind of self-produce it with like a camera on you and like a camera on me, for for, for example. Yeah, yeah. Or you can do it kind of like how Joe Rogan does it with the one cam, and it kind of looks down on on both. But he also does cuts too. I was gonna say so. he
0: has three cameras. Yeah. So he has the camera on him, he has the camera on the guest, and he has the wide camera. Right. That's what you need, and because most people do like like low key podcasts, they'll do the one camera, and that's it. It's just a, it's the wide thing of everyone in the space. Yeah, I think that's not as you would you probably want a camera on you. You'd want a camera on me, and then cut back and forth. Yeah, I think that just makes it more enjoyable to watch.
1: I think it'd be cool if you had like like a like a steady. I don't know, kind of studio setup to do that. Cause like if we were doing it here, you'd be like, where the hell are they right now? What's going Are they eating dinner? That's partly
0: why I don't do it. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Cause I don't have a designated spot right now. Well, that's you know still I mean? cool cause you're mobile. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm coming. Pack up the gear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. That's why I love that, that, that briefcase. It's, uh, it's, it's fucking sweet. So, okay. So that's interesting. So you do the, you do the running thing. Do you feel like you can still run fast? I can run fast, I'm per-
1: but, but not long.
0: Okay, so you get winded pretty quickly.
1: Every once in a while, this is weird, but I'll be taking the trash out at work, and I, I just beeline just to see if I can still hit it. And I keep telling myself this is, like, procrastination at its finest. I'm going to do one of those Disney runs, but I can't justify the price. Like, you're paying, like, 175 to $200 to run. And, I mean, you get, you get a shirt and a medal. Oh, you mean, like, around? Like, the Disney runs. Have you heard of these? No, no. So... Like, one of them, you'll start at Epcot, like, in the parking lot, and you'll actually run on the actual, like, Disney Highway kind of area. You'll enter Hollywood Studios from the back, and you'll actually, there's sections you run through the park, and it's coned off. People can kind of stand there and kind of cheer you on, but you get to go, you run through the parks, usually before they're open, but as as the time goes on and however long you take to actually finish, Mm -hmm. because they have a, a half marathon and a full marathon, And I think the half marathon is about five miles or something like that. I don't know, like running distance, like the 5K, I think. And then there's like 10K and this and that. I can't remember the distances, but I keep saying I'm going to do one of those, but procrastination.
0: Procrastination. And all you get is a shirt?
1: You get a shirt. You get a medal. I mean, if I do this, I want to like train for it for like (laughs) two months and like try to actually place, not just be like, I did it. Yeah. Because I used to be able to run a mile figure in six minutes, five seconds and that's not going to happen right now. Not in any way shape or form. Cuz if you did, if I did that and if I did a like a 5-mile run, that's only a half hour of my day. But we'll see. So
0: you want to do like a you want to do like a an American ninja warrior kind of thing. Kind
1: of. Where like before the person goes, they show like them like I've been training for this my whole life. Seriously. <laughs> Honestly, I'd make a vlog out of it. I'd probably have, like film like a couple weeks of me training and then jump right into it. Like, okay, here we are. And to get like a I need a new uh newer GoPro. Yeah. We have one, but it's not the four K one. I think it's ten eighty. And I use it on our uh like swimming pool kind of things on vacation. I took mm-hmm. it on the Disney cruise, but it sucks because my phone is four K. So it's full screen. And then when I go to ten eighty, it's kinda cubed into the middle Uh uh-huh not that big of a difference but those 4k gopros are game changers now you could do a whole vlog series with a gopro people probably couldn't even tell the difference
0: but but doesn't the audio kind of sound a little iffy because tim tracker uses gopros like when he does the water rides and there's a big audio dip
1: but he also uses his his microphones on gopro no not on the gopro i'm saying like that's like the dip like from his regular camera, and then when he switches to GoPro, it's like, oh, what happened to the sound? Yeah. Because his, just that little swivel microphone he uses, which I, I'm pretty sure is a Rode, it works phenomenal. It works wonders. Like, he'll have it, it swivels, like, on the camera, so he can, like, flip it towards him, and, and then, then he'll be talking. And then if Jen is across from him, like, you are to me, and she starts talking, and he doesn't have it flipped, you can't hear her. So it's, like, night and day.
0: Damn. Yeah, that shit blows my mind, man. I mean, it, GoPro is something that,
1: what, when it came out, it was sort of advertised as, like, kind of, like, for, like, like, mountain biking and, like, four-wheeling and skydiving and, like, stuff where you wanted to take a camera, but it couldn't handle the conditions that you were going to do it in kind of thing.
0: Yeah. So it keeps the picture quality, but obviously that's where the dip in the
1: audio comes in. It's really more designed for, like,
0: like you said, like, if you're biking, you put
1: it on top of your helmet. Right. And you're biking. And there's, like, those car scenes. People mount it to, like, the roof of their car or, like, whatever. It's made for, like, yep. I guess, like, extreme conditions. or now it's, like, it's for everything. Yeah. I see I see vloggers around every every once in a while in a theme park, and all they have is a GoPro, which, I mean, if that works for you, then that works for you. Yeah. The, the best setup is for, for, I think, anything in life is whatever you're comfortable with because that's how you're going to flow the best.
0: Dude, I'm going to – I know – I don't know if they use GoPros, but, uh, the day I go skydiving, you're going to do it. that's, that's, is, is that on
1: like a bucket list of yours? I can never do it. You can you, just cause of the so, statistics. I can't do it. So don't ask you. Nope. <laughs> not at all. Hey Josh, let's go skydiving. Never. And I already know my personality. <laughs> I could like hype myself into doing it. But as soon as we got in the plane, I'd kind of get a little quiet and the higher the plane went, the more quiet I would be to the point you'd be like, dude, and I'd be like, shut up. Don't. Just don't don't even look at me don't talk to me and when they opened up that door I would I'd, I'd feel like well, I'm about to die mm-hmm. yeah because um, I still remember getting on my first roller coaster and it was like similar to that like I, I hyped myself up into getting on it was the mummy I had to hype myself up to get on the mummy eh, it makes sense and how old are you uh 16 okay yeah, yeah. I was late to get on roller coasters because I always had this shattered memory in my head of going on tower of terror and you lose your stomach and i was like i don't want to lose my stomach Uh i figured on like any drop or like loop you would lose your stomach which isn't the case most of the time unless it's like a really high roller coaster and the closer we got to the point where it was like we're next like i was miserable but i turned out pretty fun so yeah now, yeah. now, like, roller coasters, I'm, I'm down for whatever. I'll go on any roller coaster in the world, honestly.
0: So roller coasters don't do anything for you, like, in terms of, like, scaring you or... No. Nah. You ever been on the Sky Coaster? Sky fun spot? That's the... Is that the swing, or is that... It kind of looks like a swing. Like, they pull you up. You're and in the Superman you, position. They pull the cord on you. And then, no, you have to pull the cord. Oh, even better. <laughs> that would be a step. I think I could do that, though. Dude, that's the closest I've ever felt to what it feels like, what I imagine the feeling of knowing you're about to die (laughs) feels like. Seriously. So the first time I do it, I'm doing it with two friends. So I'm in the middle. Right. Because they're sort of a little heavier than me, so that they kind of put them on the outside. Balance out. Balance it out. So we're all just laying there in the Superman position. And then it pulls you back. And it's 300 feet, right? So, okay, so 300 feet, when you say that, it sounds like it's tall, yeah. but 300 feet doesn't really sound that tall. So you get up there. So you're going up, right? I'm like, I'm just going up. And all, and so you start like this, completely Superman. Right. And then as you're going up, you start doing this. So where you're, like, you're just literally hanging upside down towards the ground. Like head first. Head first kind of thing. And you just keep going up and up and up. And you just keep seeing people get smaller and smaller. And you're like, all right, we're about to hit the top. And you just keep going. Just keep going. Keep going. Enough. Keep going keep going. And you finally get to the top. And then of course, over this like speaker, they're like, all right, on the count of three, pull the cord. Luckily, I didn't have to do it the first time, but my buddy was next to me. He was like, dude, I don't know if I can do it, man.
1: Like I'm freaking the fuck out right now. You're all the way up there. You got to do it now.
0: Yeah. Because that's, that's an interesting concept of you have to pull the cord. You know what I mean? It's not like they're going to do it for you. Right. I mean, I think they have the option in case... Some kind of bypass, like, okay, you're all right, This guy's being a pussy, like, just fucking do just it. Just do it. But they make you pull it, and you pull it, and literally, just that, like, three or four seconds of just free-falling, because there's slack in the cord that's holding you, so as you're falling, it's slacked, so you feel like there's nothing holding you. You just feel like you're like pl- a free fall, like you're actually plummeting towards the ground. And then eventually you reach that point where it, it gains the slack. Yeah, and I, then need, it,
1: I need that tension.
0: I'm telling you, man, like that. I, 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 I've, I've never felt what it feels like to know you're going to die. But <laughs> if, if I had to imagine, that's what it felt like, because I was like, this is it.
1: Complete fear. This like you it. have No control. I would do the only skydiving looks so fun because like, Um, you watch people do it. I've watched it on YouTube, like, especially like celebrities. There's this classic video of James Corden doing with Tom Cruise. I was going to mention that. Oh my God. It's hysterical. Um, but once you get going, it seems fun, but the initial like jump out of the plane and you have to kind of adjust to like, I guess the feeling of free falling Mm -hmm. from 30,000 feet or however up they take you. Yep. I'd have to go somewhere wherever they went. Where I knew, okay, this guy has been doing this. And there's no chance of this not going right. But I feel like there's always the chance. Always. because There's always a chance. Like Close to us, um, most people go to DeLand. And yep. there's a place out there. And I, I actually looked, just for fun, I looked up the statistics. And like two or three people died last year doing it. I was like, yeah, okay, nope, not doing it. Nope, they, not for me.
0: They include that. Yes. They tell you two or three people died.
1: Yeah, so you can Google it. It's <sighs> sketchy, right? <sighs> I need to go somewhere more. I'll, I'll pay... More so, mm. I know I'm gonna make it.
0: I wonder how they died. Was it their fault or uh-huh. was it the, the company's fault? That's a good question. I need to look into this because obviously, unless you're trained, you're going with someone. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, there's too many variables. Like, I need to know more. Like, were they just solo people? I don't know, actually, now that you bring this up. Because if I imagine if you're hooked up to somebody, they want to live just as much as you. That's what I'm saying. Like, so,
0: like, is that two or three people, including. Uh, someone that went with a trained professional and they both died. That would be horrible. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. There's, t- yeah. I got to do it though. I yeah. got to do it. Like, like I'll say my, I'll say my farewells, you know, I'll let just people know just in case, just in case. When do you think you'll do it? Oh man. I don't know. Cause it's not, it's not that expensive. Right. I think it's like
1: 200 bucks. Something yeah, like that. That's you not take, bad. Take like a little class beforehand and they, <laughs> instruct you as much as i can i guess and then in the plane in the plane the plane i would
0: say this year but i mean everything is fuck this year so Seriously. i'm gonna all right so i'm saying it here on the podcast by the end of 2021 i will have jumped skydived out of a plane. i will have jumped out of a plane definitely got to get that video and then i think that's another like 100 at least
1: that's part of it to film it i mean how many times are you're gonna do it you know what i will not do ever is bungee jump that's a no-go.
0: Are you talking about like from the bridge?
1: Yep, and they put okay. a little, basically a giant rubber band around your feet. Yep. And 10, not 10 times, 9 times out of 10, I watch these videos. The instructor goes like, okay, on 3, 1, two, and they launch you. Like they drop the floor out from you or whatever. Oh, shit. It is. Yeah, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's really funny. Now I'm dying. I thought you had to like jump yourself, so they just pull the thing from under you. You know like the, there's like water slides where they drop the floor out. There's like stuff they can do like that. Okay. And it's like, on three, one, bye. I'd Uh, be so mad. Yeah, dude. Or there's a, have you ever seen the prank videos where people are about to go? And this is, this is like the guy sending you off that works there. They throw like an extra cord out while you're going. So it looks like your cord's (laughs) not attached. Like I would forever in my, I would be so scared going down. I would fuck those people. Oh my God. That might, that might do it for me. I might have a heart attack on the way down they would be pulling me up and I'm just like seizing out. That's funny. I like that. Like, obviously that's kind of dickish, but I kind of like that. There's that. And I've seen one where like people are going up on a roller coaster and like another passenger will have like a handful of screws in their hand and they'll just throw it on the floorboard in front of you. Like, uh, me personally, remember dueling dragons? Yes. We were going up on that and it happened to stop. And this guy all the way in the back, he was like, isn't this how final destination starts? And everyone was like, dude, like really bro like now now all i'm thinking about is my head coming off on this ride mhm well dude someone like
0: fucking duel and dragons man they got a that it was such a genius concept of like the the roller coasters coming at each other because and it, then kind of going away from each other but there was that one incident or multiple incidents but I, like the one that sticks in my mind is i forget what it was but something flew into a guy's eye Probably somebody's shoe or something and like the guy's blind now.
1: I even heard of like other people being too tall and their legs actually Hit. hitting the other person aside <sighs> from him. And I think that's why, towards the end of its run, yeah, maybe it's yeah. why they, they were took running it out. them at different exactly. times. Exactly, you never got that because it went from dueling dragons to dragon challenge. Yep, yep. And I think if memory serves me right, after asking cast members, I think the ice side was faster, but the fire side had more loops, loops and stuff like that. It could be vice versa, but this is off of. Fifteen year old memories now. Yeah,
0: I I feel like I always went on the faster one. Like I just
1: I want to say it was ice. I feel like I always went to ice, but I can't remember now. Yeah, man, dueling dragons, classic, forever a hit. But
0: that's just crazy. But like it, that, like the fact that they didn't think about that, or maybe they did, and they were just like, eh, well, it, it won't whatever. happen. Like, what are the odds of two coasters coming at each other? barely avoiding each other and something flying into another person's eye. Could you imagine the media
1: if something happened and one of them just kind of derailed and went across and hit the other one?
0: Oh, Um, okay. So it's like coming off the
1: tracks right right at that point. point, And they just kind of.
0: Well, it would kind of what? Because it was always you were underneath. Yep. And then coming up. So if it went off the tracks, if anything, it would just kind of, right? It would go underneath. Yeah.
1: Or you would take everybody's legs off.
0: (laughs) Yeah, dude. I don't know. Something about that just.
1: I still to this day, I'll get little crazy thoughts on certain rides where, like, I'm double checking my lap bar, like, my harness. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, what am I going to do if this just unlatches? And the only thing I can think of is, like, just put your feet to the floor and just try to hold yourself centered, and maybe gravity will do the rest.
0: Well, the mummy ride kind of feels like. Because I I don't know. Like, like, did you ever do this? Because, like, I don't like it when they push it so it's like literally like constraining you yeah so I would always kind of like blow my stomach out a little so bit So you
1: have a little gap
0: yeah so like they would push right and then like I would flex my stomach and they would they would like feel resistance so you have and a then little... I would deflate my stomach and there'd be this giant gap between me and the harness
1: that's a good idea actually
0: and when you go over that the like the initial launch and you there's that little kind of drop yep Dude, like the, like the feeling you get of almost coming out of your <laughs> seat it's crazy like,
1: I have the opposite on um, rock and Roller Coaster at Hollywood Studios, I need this last click, because they they naturally don't go like fit, but when you get off the ride, I guess from being on it, it somehow finds that click, so it's actually tighter when you get off than when you get on. Huh. Because you can pull it all the way down, but there's always like this this extra space, and then by the time you get off, you're like, Ugh, I want this off. Damn.
0: Do you remember Kraken? I love Kraken at SeaWorld. At SeaWorld. So I went one year, long time ago, like I'm talking years ago, and I went with my dad. All right, so this just shows you how long it is because my dad has like insane back problems now and he, he'll never ride a roller coaster in his lifetime ever happen. again. So like this is like my one memory of riding a roller coaster with my dad and we get on Kraken and, and my dad was kind of heavy back then. So they're pulling the thing down, which is similar to the one you just, it's, it comes from over above head, you. Over the shoulder. Yep, and they're and they try to push it, right? And, th- it, like it's not locking, and my dad's like, uh, and they they, eventually they got it, but they had to like
1: cram him cram in him
0: in there. <laughs> there. Like I felt bad for the guy. For some reason that's like like that's always stuck in my mind. Like I just found that funny. Like that's how f- fucking fat he was. Like, I'm surprised
1: they didn't move him to like you know how the middle one is actually like a heavier set person seat. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm surprised they didn't just move him over there. Is that on Kraken? Yeah, the Kraken has one. Usually every roller coaster like that. Like it's like the like fourth or fifth row, kind of like the middle of the car. It's a wider a wider harness and wider seat. Okay. But we went to Seaworld not too long ago. It was like last summer. I actually got free tickets from work. So that was pretty cool. Um, I know why. Yep. Because you
0: you did like the most donations or something, right?
1: No, it was completely random. This lady that I donate to her cancer society group, that's like a group of like 80-year-olds, and they all either have cancer or they're battling cancer or survive cancer. So I donate coffee and some donuts to them uh, the first Thursday of every month. Okay. And she's like, for your hospitality, I've entered you in a raffle, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, thank you. You didn't have to do that. She calls me like a month later, and she's like, guess what? You just won four tickets to SeaWorld. I was like, (laughs) <laughs> cool so we went and I could have either gone to SeaWorld Bush Gardens, Aquatica even Discovery Cove we were like let's go to SeaWorld and then we gave the other two tickets to her mom and her sister and that was the different like perspective I got to see like okay these are not Disney roller coasters because I haven't been there in so long the first one we went on was Manta mm-hmm. with the inverted loop so your face you're, you're laying flat but you go upside down. Oh yeah. yeah Fuck dude. you up. Oh my God. <laughs> in the picture, I wish I bought it. When we were getting on, I was like, eh, I'm going to wear my hat. And then I'm sitting there thinking about it. Like while we're like rotating up and like the harness is on, and I'm like, I can't wear my hat on this. What am I doing? So I took my hat off and I'm holding it like in between my hands. Like it looked like I was praying. So we're going over the loop and I have this like screaming <laughs> face and it literally looks like I'm praying. Cause I'm, tr- I'm trying to hold to my hat and not lose my hat. But that rocked us both. And I was like, I don't know if I can do that again today. Yeah. And we went on that. Then we did Kraken. I still love Kraken, but just being on those, it's like these are these are like big boy coasters. And then the other one, Manta, is it Manta? No, Mako. The one of the highest ones in that's, Orlando, or whatever. That's my favorite. That C-S1. was awesome. Yeah, it was so. All smooth. it is is just a bunch of just this up and down, up and down. But it's great. It was literally like because um, slinky dog dash has these little little baby ones up and down up and down hills and it was like that on crack yeah like, <laughs> it was and i was surprised when we got on it all it was was a lap bar i was like oh wow oh. and then because you actually turned like not completely sideways but you're pretty sideways mm-hmm. but that was that was a good little day
0: yeah it is it is funny when you go to sea world and you can you, you kind of compare it you're like Jesus Christ! Do you guys have any money? Because this Ex- place looks a little Seriously, run down,
1: right? The okay. uh, I think the nicest part of SeaWorld right now is the Sesame Street area because Jesus. it's brand new. But we, I was having the same thoughts. Like we were walking around, and I was like, "We are not at Disney anymore. Yeah. This is that's it's what
0: cool." But yeah, it, it, if Disney succeeds at one thing, it's the immersiveness and the theming. It's just it is a theme
1: park, and the cleanliness. Just like for sure, yeah. Every yeah. night. Like, you could come out at at just, like, between 8 and 9 at night at Magic Kingdom, and the grounds will all be wet, and you're like, oh, wow, did it rain? It didn't rain. They actually release water out onto the grounds, and you'll see people with squeegees, and they just go around and squeegee the whole park, basically. Damn.
0: Dude, you're – okay, so you're the theme park expert. I just want to see if you know what I'm talking about. My buddy Boyd was telling me about – I think it's a Disney thing. Uh There's, like, supposedly this abandoned theme park. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where, like, the music that plays over the speakers – still to this day as far as anyone knows is still playing but it's it's like no one's there it's like this abandoned section of like a disney
1: place disney has two there's and they're actually in the middle of demoing one right now and it was the first water park they had and it was called river country i think that might be it and that that definitely was a thing a thing like where like
0: the music still played even though no one was there
1: yep and they had not like running water, but like everything was left, like a zombie apocalypse happened. Like everything was just left as is people would sneak in and like do YouTube videos and show you all the stuff. But like they closed it because I think this was operating. I think it closed like, I want to say like early nineties, maybe late eighties. And they were letting you like rope swing or ride a slide down right into the lake, like the actual like Lake Lake of Disney. And people were getting all kinds of amoebas and, and this and that and viruses and stuff. And they were like, all right, pull the cord on that. <laughs> and that's where Typhoon Lagoon came from. They were like, let's actually build a water park that's controlled chlorine and this and that. And then the, and if you're going to magic kingdom and you're on the monorail, there's an Island right in the middle of the lake. And you used to be able to go out there and there were like uh barbecue stands and this and that. And you can, if you look really, really closely at a certain angle, you can see picnic tables that are still out there because people used to go out there and, eat and stuff like that Mm. but there also used to be a wave machine and it's probably still there unless they somehow ripped it out but it would actually cast waves into the polynesian and they at one point were having surf contests like out in the lake too It's crazy how much things have changed jesus
0: so that was a real thing that blows my mind like when he told me that i was like get the fuck out of here there's not an
1: abandoned park where music's still playing that doesn't make sense And like right where that, well, right now where that is, River Country was, they're building a resort. And there's like some speculation, like maybe they'll keep some of the slides and have like this crazy like pool area for it or something like that. But around the corner from that, you can rent a, well, you can rent a boat anywhere, but like on the lake itself, there's this tree that sits. And if you make your way to this tree and you're just at your resort and you rented a boat and you're cruising around, you'll see this tree and there's shoes hanging all over the tree literally pairs of shoes so if you don't know you're just kind of like what? what? what's with the shoes and it's actually a tradition that if you're a skipper at disney world like if you drive the boats to and from the parks or whatever if you're a skipper at all and you drive a boat at disney when you retire they you go out there with your team or whatever you take your cast member shoes off you tie them together and you loop them around that tree wow right that's pretty dope well that's sort of like uh um what is it the
0: Mardi Gras at Universal. Yeah. Like, there's this tree when you're heading into Universal, like, to the security check. There's this tree that, oh, you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. Keep going. It's like a shit ton of beads are just in yep. this tree. You can see it from the moving walkway.
1: Yeah, yeah. On, on like, right before the mini golf thing. Yeah, I yep. don't know
0: if it's a tradition, but, I mean, that tree is filled with beads, I guess, that people just throw from the Mardi Gras event.
1: Some kind of tradition. Something. That's like on Expedition Everest, the hair ties. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. So... Right before you actually go backwards and you go up, and you remember the, the track goes up and you're just kind of like, what next? If you look around on all that snowy area, there's hair ties, hair ties, hair ties, hair ties, hair ties, like hundreds, maybe thousands of hair ties. And no one knows how or why that started, but there's hair ties everywhere, all shapes, all colors, crunchies, rubber bands, like it's everywhere. I'll show Jeez. you a video after this. Holy shit. Right. No
0: one has a like. No one like, has a clue how
1: that started. <laughs> That's not like a hidden Mickey thing. Nope. Wow. It's kind of like maybe like the wishing well kind of thing. Like maybe one person just flipped a coin in there. Somebody saw a coin and they're like, "You got a coin." And, and it's they, funny they that they leave kinda, it. Yeah. It's funny that they
0: leave it there. Huh. I don't know, dude. It's yeah, there's a lot of cool. Like, uh, obviously, I'm a little more versed in in the universal things, um, just because. That's sort of if I have to choose a theme park, I like I will go to Universal just but uh, do you watch um, it's this YouTube channel called Theme Park History?
1: Have you heard of it? I've heard of that and I do watch uh, Defunct Land. Have you heard of land I have heard of Defunct Land. Yeah, it's
0: similar to Defunct Land. Yep. Um they just kind of do like weekly or monthly videos of, of, uh, of different attractions. And the one that just came out for theme park history is the Fast and the Furious Supercharged. Oh, God. It's just it's the it's the greatest video because it's like a like in the title. It's called a Rant or something. Right. I have yet to be on this ride. And yet I have not heard a single positive thing. And in, in the introduction of that video, the guy is like, this is literally regarded as one of the worst theme
1: park attractions of all time. I've never been on it either. And I fully agree. I've seen like four or five videos and I feel like I've been on it. That's how like uninspiring it is to get on that ride. But, okay. So did you know that
0: it started out at at Hollywood as part of the tram tour? I've seen that. There's like a section, like a party
1: scene or whatever.
0: Well, that's when you go into the, so that's like the second kind of evolution. There was like a little thing prior to Supercharged even existing. Right. It was right after Tokyo Drift came out. Of course. The third movie literally all it was is you're on the bus and the bus stops next to two cars that are just chilling there. And it's like a two minute demonstration. Literally. I'm like, I kid you not. Like I got a, okay. I, cause I, cause I did bring my, uh,
1: you got the laptop. I brought the laptop. Okay. While you're digging that out, like we were talking about this before, like universal's downfall right now is building these like tram like rides. Okay. And just duplicating them because it's all, it all started with Earthquake, which is now Disaster, but you can compare that to Kong, which you can compare to Fast and Furious. Like, what next? Where's like Universal's like big, I don't know, innovating ride? Because, because all they really have changed with their technology is the Harry Potter rides.
0: righty, we figured it out. We took a little break there. All right, so this is the theme park history rant of the Fast and the Furious. This guy's great.
2: Face your fears and conquer your demons. Hello and welcome to Theme Park History, the channel for everything to do with theme parks. Old and new, big and small. In today's episode, I punish myself for no good reason as we explore... Ugh... Fast and Furious Supercharged and wait, what type of attraction is it? You know what? It doesn't even matter at this point. It's an attraction that opened at Universal Studios Hollywood on June 25th, 2015 and Universal Studios Florida on April 23rd, 2018. This attraction was suggested by all these people who are gluttons for punishment. So thank you for the comment. No, you know what? I take that back. No thank you. Bad viewers. Based on the Fast and Furious film franchise, Supercharged claims to be a groundbreaking mega attraction conceived as a new installment to the series. Featuring the acting chops of renowned actors like Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, the ride catapults guests into the high stakes underground world of fast cars in a harrowing escapade to save one of their own from an international crime cartel. Considered by theme park goers as one of the worst theme park (laughs) rides of all time, Supercharged is not only consider the worst attraction Universal has created but one of the biggest missteps in theme park history
1: looks like a video game right okay so
0: here's the part I'm just gonna wing the I just want to show you the part where this is essentially what inspired the the tram tour right here
2: fast cars and heists
0: right here look at this this is awful I can't believe this is actually approved And by the way, guys, if you want to watch along, we're five minutes and nineteen seconds into this video.
2: Ready.
0: Set up. Go. Oh my god. Can you see that? It's literally our car on a, oh, on a Jesus swivel. tap
2: dancing Christ, that was <laughs> awful. Why is anything with Fast and Furious at a theme park just so bad? How hard can it be? The Fast and the Furious Extreme Close-Up officially opened as part of the studio tour oh, okay. on June 15, 2006. Inspired by the Tokyo Drift film, which was released just a day later, the attraction was Universal's attempt to place guests into the in-your-face close-up range of the pulse-pounding, rubber-burning underground world of Drift Street Racing. How would they pull that off, you ask? Okay. By having two stripped-down Drift Racing cars, each attached oh, to God. a giant Gigantic robotic arm this careening alarmly out of control, with a finale that featured an automotive dance demonstration of intricate programming uh, set to a toe-tapping hip-hop beat. Yeah, that makes complete sense. <laughs> Whenever I think of right. Fast and Furious, the first thing that comes to mind are cars attached to robotic arms. Oh what? A-
1: you, guys, you guys need to look this up: <laughs> theme park history and rant. Fast and Furious, supercharged, Universal Studios Hollywood slash Florida.
0: Right. He makes a good point. Um, when like when you think of Fast and Furious, you think a car is attached to giant yeah like
1: also um they're saying this is right after tokyo drift right so i'm i'm pretty into cars i'm not like a huge car expert but the cars they are showing in the screen right now are two volkswagens (laughs) volkswagens (laughs) are front wheel drive cars they're you can't drift a volkswagen in the first place so that's hilarious but this whole thing is retarded the whole entire thing is retarded. So that's the whole that's the gist of it. That's all it does. They just kind of spin swivel with some fire going on and then you keep going. So if you were an executive and they were like what's your pitch or what's your idea for a, a Fast and Furious ride what would you come up with? Dude, what's so great about this video is at the end
0: he cut, like he, he 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 basically acts that out. He's like there's so many other things they could have done and I think the like the one that makes the most sense is they should have just created They should have just made a roller coaster
1: and called it Fast and Furious. Seriously. And and like made the coaster a car. Imagine like a Spider-Man kind of vehicle. He, Yeah, he even mentions that. Like a roller coaster.
0: Yep. Because I think the biggest complaint about Fast and Furious Supercharged is you're on this giant bus. Yeah. Right? Garbage. That doesn't make any sense.
1: Like It doesn't feel like... Screen technology is not impressive anymore. It's impressive in like Spider-Man in a sense like that. But this crap, it's a waste of time. Sponsored by Arby's. Yeah, right? (laughs) Hold on, I'm trying to
0: pull it up here. Okay, so this is what you see. Yeah. Like, see, like this. Like, let me.
2: You know your ride's pacing is bad when I have to watch the same video six <laughs> times just to figure out what's going on. The party bus barely shakes back and forth, not making it feel like it's going fast at all. Whenever NOS is used, all it does is blow smoke in your face and blow out your eardrums. Vin Diesel becomes 50 feet tall when he grabs onto the helicopter. Does that and before you know it, It's over. It's one of the most embarrassing, lackluster, and boring ride experiences ever created. I mean, I... Th- that's
1: worse than the movies, right? I mean, they the Fast and Furious movies do a, a quite amount of stretching as far as their high octane scenes now, but that is yeah. complete garbage. Yep, it's yeah.
0: I mean, he recommends just doing it once so you can understand where all this negativity is coming from. Yeah. But I mean, I have really zero kind of after watching draw that, to even it. just
1: this video, let alone a vlog. I would not write it. No, nah, absolutely not. Like if if you had no idea about this, I mean, you went to Universal and you're like, oh, we got to hit this up. I love Fast and Furious. I'd be like, nope, nope, not nope, doing it, not doing it. I'll wait for you right here. But yeah, it's a good channel,
0: theme I, park I history.
1: Actually, that's a really cool. Uh, yeah, it's, like, it? it's a, like it's a headliner uh, like a retro Universal, retro Universal. Yep. I had this phase when I was about 13. I was a complete idiot. I went complete asinine and I used to have like, you remember the triangle kind of bulletin kind of things you could buy and hang on the walls. They were, they kind of look like flags. Okay. I think I know what you're talking about. I had one that in that font, in that, that logo history, that's a universal studios. I threw that out. I had an ET one, threw that out. I had um, a ghostbusters one, threw that out. I had my original Mickey mouse ears that my grandfather bought me in like 1990 threw that out. Like I was like, I'm an adult now. And my mom you was feel, pissed, right? Because she started asking me, Where's this? Where's this? Where's this? And I was like, Oh, I cleaned up my closet. I threw all that away. She's like, What? Yeah. Dude, it's crazy.
0: Dude, I'm, um, uh, I think the last time, remember the, the last time we hung out, I was telling you I, I tried to get, uh, this guy named Gary Goddard uh-huh. on the podcast. And he was kind of like, I don't know, he was seeming kind of iffy on yeah. whether or not I would. And he's kind of been responsible for some of the most popular, um, theme park attractions.
1: Uh let me just Oh yeah yeah yeah. This I remember this now. This guy Gary Goddard.
0: He uh he brought Spider-Man, The Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man to uh to life. He brought T2 3D to life. That's your uh, shit. Oh, that's my favorite attraction of all time. It, uh, it was good
1: though. Like there's that that why for the born that was me slamming my drink down. <laughs> for the born like yeah, makes I th- no sense. I think the first born Identity, that was good. And then it just went to hell.
0: Yep. I have no clue why. Uh, So he's been responsible for Jurassic Park, T2 3D, The Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man. And that's pretty much it. Like, those are, like, the big three that he's uh, kind of helped bring to
1: I've always loved Spider-Man. And I love, like, the, like, kind of classic... Um, Did you ever watch like the Spider Man cartoons growing up? Like, I did actually. And there's a part where I can't remember exactly what part, it's been so long since I've gone on it, but like they even pronounce like Jonah Jameson's like kind of voice as he's talking. He's like, It's the Spider Man, like not Spider Man. They actually kept his dialogue in there, which is like, I don't know, that was like a nod to me. That's always how he said it, like, It's the Spider Man. That's pretty cool. Yeah,
0: so he's a uh, Saturday. He's coming on the podcast. Hell yeah. Yeah, I yeah, finally got him to kind of kind of open up to it. Dude, like I kind of want to because I don't know if you can see that. No. I kind of want to bring it up. No. I want to bring it up, man. Maybe last question. So I feel like what I'm going to do is Saturday, I'm going to message him. i be like, is there anything off limits?
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, that's probably a good <laughs> idea. A little small disclaimer. Yeah, dude, because I mean, it's I mean, they're 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 just allegations, but So this guy's pretty big in my opinion. Like, do you ever have people kind of sign a waiver or anything like that, or is it just verbal agreement? No, I probably yeah. should. <laughs> I mean, for for somebody
0: I don't know. Maybe in some instances. I mean, the biggest person I've had on, I think, is probably Michael Bean. Yeah. Kyle Reese from Terminator Aliens, The Abyss. I think he might be the biggest one. Um, I mean, I don't really get a lot of big people on. I think uh, today earlier I talked to uh, Randall Frakes. He's sort of uh, he's a longtime collaborator of James Cameron. Right. Um, uh, he actually helped write Avatar. That I had like way. I had I, I had no clue about that. And then there was this big thing of um, there's th- there's just so many complications of how people are credited in movies. Yeah. So just because you don't see them in screenplay by yep. or screen story by. I think a lot of people think okay so james cameron that's it james, yep. james cameron wrote avatar nine times out of ten he has some somebody doing something for him in terms of writing the you know only what I mean?
1: like og that i know like who was literally like i'm gonna write a movie and single-handedly wrote the movies was george lucas he literally and you can watch like the behind the scenes of this they actually show little fragments of him actually in his creative process but mm-hmm. like he literally wrote those movies and no help those movies as in four, five, six and one, two, three. Okay. But, um, th- there's a really good documentary on YouTube about the Phantom Menace and you can see his creative kind of struggle. Like his creativeness kind of goes to the wayside and he's like, he calls all his creative help into the room. He's doubting himself. He's doubting the budget. He's doubting the time frame they have to make the movie. And it's like, you kind of feel the pressure while you're watching it. Like, Oh shit. Come on, George.
0: Huh? Are you sure about uh, five and six? I feel like I feel like he had people help him.
1: Could be wrong, but I from watching the documentaries I watched, like let's just say episode one at least. Okay, that was all him. Was they all they him? show you with a, him at his little typewriter typing out everything. Could just be for TV. You never know. But <laughs> either way, Star Wars guy's a G.
2: Yeah,
0: I feel like uh, I feel like there's. I don't know. I just feel like, and that was kind of a, like a mind blower to me. Like I, cause I knew he had worked with him before, but I didn't know about Avatar. I
1: yeah. would love to like sit in a room like me, you, James Cameron, George Lucas, <laughs> Steven Spielberg. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. I don't know if Robert, I could. Robert Zemeckis and just hammer it out. Like all, like no filter. Any questions are welcome. Like that would be, that'd be like a dream.
0: Okay, cause, okay, so you're big on Zemeckis just because of who framed Roger Rabbit. You Raggo. already know. Um, yeah, I guess Zemeckis is pretty good, what he did back there. Yeah, yeah, he did Back to the Future, Cast Away.
1: Um, speaking of Back... Do you like Back to the Future? Were you big on that at all?
0: Uh, the first one.
1: Yeah. I like... Yeah, I like the first one the best, too. I like one and two. Three is, like, more like a guilty pleasure. Okay. But um, Adam the Woo, he is, like, huge on Back to the Future, and since he's stuck at home with all this COVID crap going on, he actually just did – he's, like, showing you his collection that he has of all his Back to Back to the Future memorabilia. Nice. He's got a lot of cool stuff. By the way, are you
0: saying that on purpose? Wrong? What did I say? COVID? COVID. COVID?
1: COVID? Is it COVID? It's COVID. COVID.
0: No, it's COVID. COVID. I've only heard I, – I just thought you were doing it as sort of like a like a wink-wink kind of thing.
1: Well, well, you know what? I'm calling it COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I've heard it pronounced COVID. COVID? Maybe. I don't know. I've I've only ever heard well, COVID. As we, as we like to say in Florida, this shit going on right now. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much what everybody the says. Shit. All, well, you know, with all the shit going on right now. Yep. But um, what I was going Which, by th- the
0: way, there is at least six feet, yeah. I, I think, between uh, us. Uh,
1: four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm really still pissed off about is um, Universal making the choice to get rid of the Back to the Future ride and put in the Simpsons and basically keep the same ride. And I wouldn't be surprised if like the ride even had the same kind of motions and they just kind of reprogrammed the screen to fit it mm-hmm. because one back to the future, I still think lives on. It has such a huge fandom, not that the Simpsons doesn't, but now the real kick in the arse is Disney owns the Simpsons yeah
0: dude it's so weird because Disney owns multiple things that Universal exactly. kind of has a has a hand in. So they own the Simpsons, they own Marvel. Yep. And these are all things that are at Universal. So it's
1: it's weird. And like Islands of Adventure, they will never, I guarantee you, like um I don't even know what they call it cuz they can't call it Marvel Land. I think it's called Superhero land, Island, Superhero Super Island, Island or something. Yeah. So like they will never get rid of any of those rides because <clears throat> they could take out the Hulk tomorrow. Disney will build a Hulk And the agreement is anything East of the Mississippi universal is allowed to build and anything West of the Mississippi Disney is allowed to build. So that's why Disneyland is getting, um, the, the Avengers Academy. I think they're calling it And in Disneyland. There will be a whole Avengers land. What do you mean by build? So like IP wise, like for your attractions. Yeah. So Disney can't build like in Disney world, they can't build Spider Man. They can't build any of these things because that's it's just the contract that they have. They on, agree, they agreed on East and West territories, so I it's guess. kind of like
0: intruding on Universal's exactly. land in a way.
1: So you, out here in Orlando, Universal has all the rights to building Marvel themed attractions. Damn, and, and West Disney's they're they're free to build. So they they're building the Avengers campus, and I know like they're building like. You've seen the Avengers, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, like their home base, I guess you would call it. They're okay. calling it the campus, like a, like a college campus kind of thing. But okay, that's what it is, like the, the big Avengers building with the logo on it. And they're building this Spider-Man attraction, which is supposed to have this – it's the first time I've seen it. It's going to be an animatronic Spider-Man that flies over the land. You're going to see him, like, launch out, kind of do a somersault, and go somewhere else.
0: That's pretty cool. What a time. So you can actually, like – A few years from now, you'll theoretically be able to go to Universal, experience their take on Spider-Man, and then go to Disney and experience their take on Spider-Man. Right. You just got to go to the other coast. That's pretty dope.
1: They're supposed to have, I can't remember the ride they're building, but they're building some kind of Avengers ride too. And I want to say, it might have been Spider-Man, and you're actually supposed to be able to like web sling in this ride and stuff. There's no like real big details leaked on it yet, but it's going to be interesting. At the at the rate Disney's going I I can only imagine because you can go out there now and like you can meet um like Black panther he had a meet and greet I think Dr Strange had a meet and greet but if you go to like Hollywood Studios here like that's not a thing damn
0: because well, Universal also has the uh it's um uh, that was that new park they're building
1: Oh, what is that new park called? The third park.
0: Well, yeah, third theme park.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because well, they have Volcano Bay. They, and they call that a theme park, but come on. It's a water park. Yeah, yeah. I I would go as far as saying water theme park. Yep. But what is their third park called? I can't remember. It's supposed to have the Nintendo Land and this and that. And they're also going to have the hotel, like, overlooking the land. Did you see that? No. So overlooking, I think, I don't know if it's, like, towards the back. I haven't seen, the like, the the concept art in a while, but there's going to be a hotel kind of aligned to like either the, either one of the entrances or something like that. And you're going to be able to stay in this hotel and you can, you're going to be able to look over the land and Disneyland Paris has something like that. It's called the Disneyland Paris hotel. And when you walk into Disneyland Paris, you actually walk underneath of the hotel. Okay. So at night you'd actually be able to see like main street and stuff like that, like from your hotel balcony, which I'm sure is like 3000 euros a night or something like that. Disney Sea in uh, Tokyo—they have probably one of the coolest resorts you can stay at. It's this Italian-themed hotel, but you're literally inside the park. Like you could watch uh, like Fantasmic or whatever their nighttime show is from your balcony. Like you were like you're like in the park. Wow. Yeah. What the fuck is it called? I can't remember. (laughs) I'm the fucking Universal guy. Get this
0: this handy dandy iPhone out. Uh, I want to say it's two words. And I think it has something to do with Universal in the title.
1: Something universal. Universal's Epic Universe. There you go. Epic Universe. Yeah, they're even Kinda. saying it. Ah. Even the little article here from Tampa Bay Times, if you really want to look it up, says this will be Universal's fourth, third, fourth Florida theme park. Say that five times fast. <laughs> Islands of Adventure opened in 99. Yep. I thought it was way earlier than that. That's crazy. Well, Universal only uh, ninety. Yeah, when Universal opened. So same thing as uh, MGM, RIP Hollywood Studios. What
0: a bullshit name, honestly. Like that just seems like a lazy name. It's well, kind of a cop out. Epic Universe.
1: Yeah. It just doesn't seem like it's because like, you have Disney parks and they're all. You hear the name and you can kind of Magic gist- Kingdom. Oh, I wonder what's in there. Animal Kingdom. Right. Epic Universe. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Universal's Epic Universe. That's kind of uh.
2: because
1: you
0: have Universal Studios. Good. Like Great. Right. That's, that's legit. Islands of Adventure. Ooh. That sounds pretty dope. Take me there. Even Volcano Bay. Oh. Sounds pretty hypnotic. Epic universe. Universals. Epic universe. Epic universe. I don't know. It it seems a little too like like what would you name it? Self-masturbatory. Like like, Universal's Epic Universe. Uh, What what would
1: I name it? I've thought about this before for Disney's fifth park that will it will come eventually, and I can never think of a theme or a name.
0: It's not even the fact that I like I like the universe part. I just don't like epic. Yeah, that's kind of Epic seems That's a cop out. It's a it's such a standard word now. Epic. Epic. That's a a movie theater for us. Exactly. It's a movie theater chain. Universal's something universe. And so insert whatever you want to uh, insert there. I I personally can't think of anything.
1: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> You've been saving that one. I just imagine like the guys sitting around the round table or whatever. You know, that's the discussion. And they're like, all right, guys, what do we got? All right. And then there's Bob off in the back. Like, what about epic universe? And then Jim right across from him. It was like, what about universals? Epic universe. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, I don't know. It's just something about it just seems like a it's, it's it's a shitty name. I think personally, but whatever. I don't uh, I don't get paid the money to come yeah. up with this,
1: this shit. One of the big, cause, uh, it's gonna happen. Disney's gonna have a fifth park eventually. Like their attendance before, quote unquote, all of this shit was happening. Mm-hmm. It's through the roof. Like it at all times of the year. There used to be downtime. There used to be a time where you could go to Disney and it was typically like right after Christmas, like not New Year's, but like that first two weeks after, it would be a slower time. Or like right before spring break or like right after summer and, and the first two weeks of, of school started in the fall. Those would be like down times. And there's all kinds of like um actually you there's like paid sites and stuff. I think one of them is called like uh, touristattraction.net or something like that. And people actually pay money to get this information when it's like literally common knowledge, if you ask the right person. Okay. But now there's no slow time at all. It's uh, for me as much as we go, I'll tell you like the slowest time we've ever gone is because there was a hurricane coming. And that was like a gift. Like we were able to literally freely walk around and it, it was like a breath of fresh air. Cause there's not this big rowdy crowd around you at every turn, but there's going to be a fifth park. What would you think it would, one, the theme, mm-hmm. and two, the name, if you could think of one off the top of your head? Well, if I was in
0: charge, I would, because uh, what, it's it's four to two, so you have four theme parks, two water parks. Yep. I would want to, I would want to do a kind of like a, because there's really no example of this is there uh like a literal half theme park half water park that would be cool you know what i mean literally in the same exact area you have the traditional theme park and then in the other area you have a traditional water park yep kind of kind of combine the That'd things be a
1: hybrid i don't know something like that and i don't know what i'd call it i can't think right now most most of like the big fandom cuz i'm i'm on a couple pages on like facebook and stuff like that but like everybody always circles back to there being a villains park which I think is cool yeah but that's more of like a a niche like a fandom kind of thing like it's kind of like a like a roller coaster tycoon thing like it's something you would build but I don't think Disney would fully back a villains park yeah yeah like maybe like dedicate an attraction to yeah, it yeah like they are yeah I mean they have they're starting to do like villains nighttime shows and stuff like that okay but I couldn't see like a whole theme park just dedicated to the dark kingdom of of Disney. And that's even like one of the random uh names people throw out is Disney's Dark Kingdom okay. instead of like Magic Kingdom. But it's like eh, Too
0: many kingdoms. Yeah, too, magic, m- way animal, too many magic animal dark. <laughs> the
1: the biggest rumor I've heard that I could actually see happening is them building a Marvel park. But like what I just told you, the IP contract, like they're not allowed to build these tractions east of the Mississippi. So that kind of throws that out. But Marvel, everybody loves Marvel, it's huge.
0: Yeah, it's not because I love James Cameron, but dude, I honestly wish Pandora was a theme
1: park. It could be. It It
0: sucks that it's just a land.
1: And it could have, I don't know at the time, like what their budgeting was or even what it cost to make Pandora. But when you compare it to the size of Star Wars land, Star Wars land is huge. And if Pandora was on that scale, it'd be so much better because you can do, you can loop around, like just walking anyway. You could loop around Pandora 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And Star Wars land, like there's so many little corners and stuff you can go. It, it took us the first time we went, I'd say we didn't go on anything or go in any stores. I just wanted to see it first. I said, let's do a lap and then we'll, we'll then we'll check it out, check it out. But I mm-hmm. wanted to see everything. And it, it was a good like 35, 40 minutes of just walking, stopping and looking. And that only happened like walking into Pandora and you see the floating mountains at first. It's like awe inspiring and you kind of pause. But as you walk around. Like, if you circle back, if you just go in a circle, because you can't circle it, and you go towards Nabi River Journey, and go to the backside of the floating mountains, the really only thing to see in Pandora is those floating mountains. There's no paths or, like, stuff like that. Yeah. Or, like, if they could have made, made, it um, you know, in Magic Kingdom, there is the Swiss Family Treehouse. You familiar with that? I am not. Well, there's an old film called The Swiss Family Robinson, something, something of the other. I don't even know. Okay. But it's it's about this family that gets stuck on an island and they make this treehouse their their home essentially. And you can go in in Adventureland. You can go up this treehouse. It's multiple levels, and you just keep going up and up and up and up and up. They could have made something in Pandora for you to actually climb up the floating mountains and get up to the top or whatever. And like they could have had like an Ecran kind of section, kind of how Jake has to climb the mountains to go claim his Ekron. Mm-hmm. That was a missed opportunity.
0: Well, because those mountains are what? the they're, they're forced perspective, Yeah, right? So they as they go higher, they get smaller.
1: Exactly. Right?
0: Cool trick. But it's all Bad-ass steel trick. anyway.
1: If you could just get up there and, I don't know, kind of like a, a huge spiraling staircase that you don't feel like you're on a staircase kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. That's just me dreaming. <laughs> I will forever love Avatar. From the moment I saw that film, I was like, this this is something else. I was watching it the other night.
0: Have you watched the um, – because there's two other cuts of Avatar, so there's technically three cuts that
1: exist in ex- in existence. I've only seen what's been officially released. Like I the theatrical cut? I don't have the Blu-ray or anything like that.
0: Yeah, it's one of those – like, and, dude, they add in like 30, 40 minutes of extra – extra content like they're like one of the big differences is at the beginning of the film you get more of a perspective of being on earth and and seeing what a fucking shit pile earth is yeah, right um and why everything is going on now yep you know and and, in outer space why we've kind of abandoned earth very much like wally um i might i might lend that to you yeah i might need to see that i might lend that to you i'm very like protective of my hold that uk edition i'm very protective of my uh my James Cameron collection. That's a, that thing is just means a lot. I I just purchased this poster that's essentially like a collage yeah. of all his movies around him, and then he's in the middle. I gotta see like that on Etsy.
1: That looks. That sounds. I can picture it. Uh, I think I have it on yeah, here. Pull it up real quick. But I'm telling you what, we should watch it one night on our big TV, the Avatar in 4K. Oh my god you have 4k yeah that TV's 4k god damn it it's amazing you feel like you're there especially like the bioluminescent scenes when uh like jake is firing the td it's it's something to see Ooh, oh yeah i really like that <laughs> yeah that's boss yeah that was on etsy
0: and uh Definitely uh, had to snag that. I was like, hold on, wait, 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 hold on. Why do I only see six of seven films? Where the fuck is The Terminator? And then I realized that's
1: The Terminator. Got you, yeah. That's the ending of it. That's sick. I wish the Avatar was uh, <laughs> maybe something a little different, but I mean, that's cute. Right? It's like, why
0: is why is Aliens and The Abyss kind of like... Dominant. The dominating thing here? And I guess you could argue T2, but it's like, why is The Abyss like... Most people forget about the abyss. Did he do
1: all the Alien movies?
0: No, just Aliens. Aliens.
1: That's what I thought. Yeah. He oh, ap-
0: he apparently uh, Randall Frakes told me today he was gonna do another Alien movie, and then something happened where they brought out uh, that was one Alien versus Predator.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Was a thing. That's a guilty pleasure of mine. <laughs> yeah. So
0: it's like his garbage. idea it's, went to the side.
1: It's, it's like one of those garbage movies, but it's like yeah, I'll watch it. Um, what's her name? Ridley Scott. Uh, Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Wow. I don't even know where I pulled that out of. Well, Ridley Scott is the director of Alien. Uh, see, subconsciously. <laughs> so, Sigourney Weaver was, as you know, in the first Avatar. And yes. on my little Google Wikipedia research for the next cast of Avatar 2, she's in it. Sigourney Weaver, and she died in Avatar. Exactly. So, I'm really interested in seeing this twist. <laughs> yep. She might live on in within Awa or something like that.
0: That or flashbacks. Yeah, that's kind of shit.
1: We'll see. I can't wait,
0: dude. Did, dude, did did you know? Um, I forget the guy's name, like the character, but Stephen Lang, the guy in Avatar, that's sort of like that general, like oh yeah, yeah, like the tough guy. Yep. You know what I mean? Dude, he was he was in town. He did um, he he did a one man show, like a like a play, and he did it at the auditorium, like I think last year, like FPC. Yeah, what? Stephen Lang from Avatar was in town. Huh. And I found that out. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I would have got something I,
1: signed or something. I so
0: would have gone to that and brought like an Avatar Blu-ray or something.
1: Do you have any um, like like movie posters or anything, like a Terminator poster that you had the cast sign or anything like that?
0: No, no. I have oh. those. I have the two posters on canvas, like canvassed. Yeah. So those are pretty cool. Not signed. Um, I only have my Blu-ray of T2 signed by Robert Patrick. Right. T-1000 and then. I went to Spooky Empire last year in March, and I met John Connor, and
1: he uh, and you, didn't he signed you say my shit. Robert Patrick was kind of a dick, very much a dick. Yeah, yeah, a big dick. Huh. Yep. Is he like kind of like a narcissist kind of guy, or like because uh, you met him at like a fandom thing?
0: Yeah, yeah. Because it, it was just weird. I was like, dude, I have a podcast. Can I just because I had my phone? I was like, can I just kind of ask you a couple questions right. and call it a day? And then he looked over at his agent who was standing at the end of the table. And the agent just was like shaking his head. Don't and, do it. and Robert was like, Don't be mad at me, be mad at him. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, if I was you, I'd be like, Exactly. Fuck you. I'm Robert
1: Patrick. If
0: the guy wants to Why are you on ask, a leash?
1: He's it, not even current anymore. If it was, anything, it would give you some publicity.
0: It was just weird. And so going the next or yeah, going the next year to the same exact convention i was kind of hesitant i was like ah please don't let edward furlong be a fucking yeah, and literally from the moment i got to that table he was a sweetheart and just gave me like i mean i had to pay him i was you yeah know, I, I was like i'll pay you because i felt like that was what i didn't say to robert patrick
1: yeah
0: uh so he was like yeah sure go ahead so i gave him like 20 bucks
1: he looks crazy different I mean, I mean, yeah,
0: he's kind of coked out. Oh, for real? <laughs> 100%. Oh, uh, well. What are you going to do? That's why he wasn't in T3. Child stars. Yeah. How old was he when he was in the movies? When he was in Terminator 2, he yeah. was like 13, 14, somewhere around there. Hmm. But he's supposed to be 10 in the movie.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, he killed his role.
0: Yeah. And then he came back for T2, 3D, and and I asked him about that because, you know, most people ask him about Terminator 2. Yeah. Not a lot of people ask him about universal attraction so that's what i wanted to make sure i was like what was that like getting that call to be like hey we want you to be john connor again
1: in an attraction in an
0: attraction for universal studios and yeah he was sort of like because this was like right after the announcement was made of born coming out to replace it so he was he commented on that and it was kind of like being like yeah um i'm a little butthurt about it Uh, but it makes sense you have to move on
1: i think that's a mistake the back getting rid of the back to the future was a mistake. I know they still have it in Hollywood, but come on, man.
0: No, no, no. They don't uh, they only have it in Japan. For
1: real. They took okay. it out of Hollywood too?
0: Uh yeah, with the minions. The minions took out that's that's the one saving grace of of Florida's version. They didn't get taken out by like, the minions. Is it the same
1: like style of ride? Uh like a <laughs> simulator kind of thing, or is it like um
0: I would assume it's like the our, one like the one we have. Oh my god, garbage. It's like the Jimmy Neutron garbage. Thing. Garbage, garbage, garbage. Yeah
1: um the one in like the one in japan is the only one that's still around we have in comparison like we have so dinosaur in animal kingdom if you go to i think it's in disney isn't it disneyland it's either in disneyland or california adventure i can't remember right now they have an indiana jones ride and it's the same exact ride like same car and it's the same track and they actually move the same too but they're different attractions isn't that crazy what do you mean? So, you I'm trying been, to. You've been on dinosaur. Yes, right? yes, yes, yes. So you get on the whatever they want to call it, the the tram or whatever. And okay. Then, you know, in the beginning, it's all rocky, and you kind of go in that big toaster and get transported back in time. Yep. You can put YouTube videos side by side, and you'll see the same motions and the same track. Oh. You get off of out of your time machine. You steer left, but. Indiana Jones is delivered much better as an attraction. And it has, it has to do with a lot of, they have a lot of pyrotechnics in it and the, the music is way better. And I love Indiana Jones.
0: And it's an actual ride. It's not like the, the stunt show. Yeah. It's have. a ride
1: ride. Oh it's, wow. a, it's dinosaur, but Indiana Jones. Huh? I didn't know that. Yeah. It's tight. And it's Harrison Ford and. Uh, he he's in it like as a, like an animatronic in certain places and stuff, but Damn. it's just cool them to see like, okay, let's recycle a ride, but let's make it a completely different ride. Huh. And until I was informed on that on YouTube videos, I was like, wait, what? And I had to look it up for myself. And you see the same motions and the same timing and everything else. Wow.
0: To, okay. So to wrap this up, uh, because I mean, it's inevitable that we would kind of, so we like at the beginning, I was like, let's, let, let's try to stay away from Disney as yeah, much as possible. Well. What eh, whatever. It, it, it ended up we got, at got some Universal on <laughs> Um, but to wrap it up, I just want to throw a couple like proposals at you and see like what you would rather do. So we'll start with Universal just because I'm a little more yeah, yeah. versed in Universal. If you had to get rid of one, what would you get rid of? Would you rather get rid of Men in Black, Alien Attack, or we'll, we'll go with Fear Factor Live? And don't be afraid of my bias.
1: <laughs> it depends on what we're replacing. Uh, would it be like the same type of attraction? Like if I get rid of Men in Black,
0: no, we'll 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 imagine that it's literally going to be like a like a next level kind of thing.
1: Honestly, Men in Black has had its run. And you think they're, so? They're not coming back anytime soon. I mean, if if they put out Men in Black five next year, who's it's it's going to bomb?
0: Well, because that one came out with Chris Hemsworth right. recently,
1: and I didn't even see it. Everyone yeah. said it was garbage, but yep. Fear Factor has this longevity that you could still it would still be an entertaining show. Especially if they just keep taking audience members and putting them up there. Yeah. Maybe kick it up a notch. Okay. So men in black out. Yeah, take out men in black. All right.
0: And we'll go to Islands of Adventure. Would you rather get rid of Jurassic Park? Okay. Or
1: the Incredible Hulk. Nah, the Hulk's too good. Take out Jurassic. Take out Jurassic. Yeah, okay. It's a good ride, but the one in Hollywood's better because they themed it around um Jurassic World. World.
0: Okay. And I thought they're going to do that for this one. Like they're going to update it. They soon. should.
1: I think they're going to. But as it is right now, take it out.
0: Okay. That's um, uh, and then well, Volcano Bay doesn't count because I don't know what's at Volcano Bay. Uh. Um, all right, so now to Disney, uh, we'll go to my favorite Hollywood Studios. Would you rather take out the Rock and Roller Coaster or? I'm trying to think, we got to do it. Tower
1: of Terror, Rock and Roller Coaster, hands down. Really, there, you cannot take out Tower of Terror. You can't. <laughs> I I have merchandise where the where the Hollywood Tower is basically their logo for the park they've switched it it started off as the water tower then when tower of terror came out it was more so the hollywood tower then that sorcerer mickey's hat that was just taking up room in the park that was one the chinese theater was one like it just counts as a symbol
0: okay so uh, aerosmith is
1: yeah and i think it's honestly on its way out within the next five to ten years i'd say I Damn. think you'll see it replaced. I think, honestly, Pixar is going to keep expanding, and I think you'll see some kind of Pixar attraction take its place.
0: Okay. Animal Kingdom, are you taking out?
1: Dude, they need to get rid of Cali River Rapids. I don't know what that is. Exactly. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I'm trying to think of Animal Kingdom. I'm trying to think. Oh, okay, so Dinosaur. Uh, dinosaur or shit. Give me some attractions.
1: Navi River Journey uh take it out yeah but i feel like it's too easy for you like give me like
0: like go through a like a list of attractions it's because it's been a while since i've been to
1: everest you said said there we go
0: okay so dinosaur or or everest
1: it would suck but i'm gonna say everest no shit yeah i love dinosaur wow
0: i would have bet money you said dinosaur
1: Everest is fun, but I've been on better roller coasters. It is good for what it is, but okay, it's also kind of short.
0: All right, now Epcot, Soren, or the the ride that's in the the glow, like the ball. I forget what that's called. Oh, Spaceship <laughs> Earth.
1: Yeah. Um, you can take Spaceship Earth. Really, really, I only go on that honestly once or twice a year, just because of the nostalgia. You like Soren better? Yeah, Soren's good. A lot of people hate it because of like it used to be Soren over California. And now it's soaring over the world, everyone favors California more. I just think it's a cool attraction. It's you get to see the world. Huh. Oh yeah, I'd stick with Soren. Okay. Everyone hates on the, the screen aspect of in one particular scene, the Eiffel Tower. It's skewed. So if you're not in uh they call it B1, and there's the rows are A off to this side, B is centered, and then C is off to the other side. If you're not in B, like if you're in A, when you go over the Eiffel Tower, you just see it completely curved because of the screen, which Shh. I never noticed until someone pointed out to me. Yeah, right, so it's like, thanks. Let me break. ruin it for everyone listening. <clears throat>
0: um, and then the iconic Magic Kingdom, you have to choose, I'm gonna give you three, so you have to eliminate two. Okay. Uh, Because this has, what, this has the Big Thunder Mountain. Yep. This has, uh, uh Jesus Christ, Sp- the, the Space Mountain. Space Mountain. Space Mountain. And Splash Mountain, yeah. So all the mountains, take two away. Take two
1: away. We are gonna lose. This is this is the toughest one. <laughs> Big Thunder's going. Okay. Down to Splash or Space. Man, that's a hard one. I'm gonna take away Space. Oh, yeah. You love Splash. Splash is iconic. It's, <laughs> it's one of those. And what we were talking about last night, like that's one of the first rides I want to get back on. So, shoot, that, Tiffany would be upset. That's where. That's where your your yeah, The withdrawals are hitting you the hardest. I haven't been on it, but I think the, the Disneyland Space Mountain's better. Yeah. It looks better. It's it's updated. It has a smoother track. I don't know the last time you've been on Space Mountain, but it's pretty rough.
0: It is pretty rough, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah, dude, this whole COVID-19 or COVID or the shit that's going on this in Florida. The shit going on here. Uh, I think it's going to, you know, I mean, it's obviously a really bad situation, but I feel like, you know, if you have to look at a positive side, it's just when this shit opens and you can get, like... You never, no one ever thought there would be a time where you could not literally go to, in your case, Disney. Right. You thought it would always be open.
1: Right. And no, yeah, they it's took it, literally taken they, away from you. When they closed Disneyland, that's when my heart dropped. I was like, we're next. Yeah. I was like, it's going to happen. I yeah. just didn't want to take out the big cash cow yet. And was, I think it was like two weeks later, they were like, yep, we're going to be closing.
0: Yep. So if anything, when it reopens, you'll... uh it's <laughs> a new, new appreciation appreciate it a little bit more oh yeah you won't take it uh as much for granted yeah
2: because
1: we're we're pretty casual with it it's like there were even some sundays like it's like we're rolling over in bed and it's like you want to go i kind of want to <laughs> sleep yeah we'll go next week Ooh, All right
0: Yeah, you, know, you never know when the when the timer's up but the timer is up for this podcast and uh Dude had a had a pleasure talking to you. Had a pleasure talking. I don't. It's this fucking Budweiser.
1: Yeah. Um. I be like that sometimes.
0: It <laughs> was a pleasure. There you go talking to you. Uh, obviously it's at Mouse Tracks. All that information is down below if you want to follow him once he gets back going. Uh, I'm sure some stuff will be popping up in the podcast. You got to get on that podcast, dude. Yeah. Got to
1: <laughs> get back to that. Might do a couple lives. Maybe we'll get you on a live or something like that yeah. on one of the streams. Something. But yeah, I mean we're only done talking here. We still got we got to go make some chicken.
0: Yes. So we're going to go make some chicken, and uh, that's it, guys. Josh Flowers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, right there, (laughs) right there. You too, kind, You too, kind.
0: Cut that shit up. All right, guys. Talk to you later. (laughs)